Wednesday, April 25th, having a conversation concerning today's headlines and real-life challenges. I'm Tom Lamprecht, along with Pastor Harry Reeder. Stay with us as we apply a biblical worldview with gospel solutions to put the issues of today in perspective. Harry, I want to take you to an article out of the Fayetteville Observer. That's the local paper in Fayetteville, North Carolina, which is the home of the Fort Bragg Army Base. It is there that a Fort Bragg chaplain, Major J. Scott Squires, is facing a challenge. Does he follow the tenets of his faith, or does he follow the Army's equal opportunity policy? In this particular case, Squires faces a potentially career-hobbling reprimand after an investigating officer found that he discriminated against an unnamed sergeant who sought to attend a Strong Bonds marriage retreat sponsored by the 1st Special Warfare Training Group. This sergeant, a female, happens to be married to another female. Yes, it's a same-sex marriage, and they wanted to go on the retreat, Strong Bonds, which is going to address a husband's role to his wife, a wife's role to the husband. And then, of course, they're going to look at the matters of the intimacy relationship within marriage, all of which is impossible in today's fabricated notion of a same-sex marriage. Why do I say fabricated? Let me remind us that the historic definition of marriage and that which is revealed in the Word of God and that which is affirmed in creation is it's one man, one woman for one life, and that is it is a covenantal relationship that is monogamous, heterosexual, procreative relationship of which the same sex cannot do. When he establishes a marriage retreat built on the historic biblical view of marriage, it is clear that the same-sex attendees are not going to be addressed in terms of whatever professed needs that that so-called marriage relationship actually has. And so he explained to them that they would not be attending that because it was designed for the Christian view of marriage. The chaplain is being faithful to his confessional vows, and the army has stated that chaplains are not required to violate their ordination vows, which would include a confessional statement concerning the sanctity of marriage and the sanctity of sexuality within marriage. And though the army may accommodate sex outside of marriage, may accommodate this fabricated view of marriage, the chaplain does not have to. Well, now the interpretation of the equal opportunity regulations in the Army, a lower echelon investigative officer is now bringing charges against him, and this decorated chaplain is about to lose his livelihood and be discharged unless the appeals process vindicate him. Now, let me just say, up until now, the appeals process has vindicated chaplains when they have attempted to be faithful to their ordination vows in carrying out their assigned oaths and duties as officers and chaplains in the armed forces. It has particularly been noteworthy that they have been affirmed on all of these areas of debate, such as transgender, same-sex marriages, particularly under this administration. But there are cultural elite who are in the army, like everyone else, who want to focus the army as a social instrument to promote the new definitions of marriage and sexuality, and the army would be used to propagate that. They exist within the army, in the bureaucracy of the army, and at various officer levels within the army. That is what Chaplain Squires is now facing. Do you think that the precedent of these previous situations where chaplains have been upheld, will that carry the day in this particular case? 
You know, Tom, I think it will. I'm praying it will. I believe it will. If we were in the previous administration, I don't think so. I think the people that have been appointed by this administration will affirm the affirmed liberties of chaplain to be faithful to their confessional vows and not have to violate them in areas of life and faith, such as marriage and sexuality, Tom. I I think that'll happen. Harry, we haven't even talked about the fact that when you bring in a situation like this, it has serious ramifications on the effectiveness of the armed services. The armed services has always rightly been a leveling place. There's a reason why when you get off the bus at Paris Island, they take you into a place and shave your hair. So all these ways that we use to declare our uniqueness are pretty well wiped out when you go into the Army. You are individual parts of a cohesive unit, and that unit is designed to carry out violence against those who would seek to destroy the nation or the citizens of the nation. So on the one hand, it ought to be a place where our Declaration of Independence is constantly seen that all men, quote, male and female, are created equal in terms of rights. But it is not a place to experiment with a cultural notion that equality is interchangeability, that there's no difference between a man or a woman. There is a difference between a man and a woman in light of their biological makeup, their DNA, and how they think and how they live and how they function. That's not a matter of superiority and inferiority or of oppression or servitude. That's a matter of difference, and it ought to be taken advantage of. There are certain ways in which male and female leadership are absolutely overlapping and identical. But there are other ways that women bring something to leadership men can't do. And there's another thing that men bring to leadership that women can't do. And that's not a matter of inferiority or superiority. That's just difference. The army has historically said our end is not to rewrite creation and declare that everybody is interchangeable. Our end is to treat everyone with dignity, but then to realize there are are certain parameters of conduct. And that's why it was a death knell of officers in terms of sexual activity outside of marriage. Adultery would get you dismissed because it broke down cohesion in the military. It broke down authority. It broke down respectability. It broke down the trust factor. All of that would have been broken by adultery. And we've recognized the value of marriage. But now there are those who would take the military and use it as an instrument to rewrite the moral of a culture instead of affirm the constitutional rights and the way they ought to be applied within the army and maintain the mission of the army. The mission of the army is to be an instrument of violence in order to protect against those who would do violence against the country and its citizens, and it is only used under the authority of the Constitution. It's delegated authority to the president as commander-in-chief, and then it's affirmed authority if a war is ever to be brought upon a nation through an act of Congress. Therefore, we need commanders who are focused upon the mission of the Army, the Navy, and the Marine Corps, and the Coast Guard. They're focused upon the mission to make these units cohesive while protecting constitutional rights for each of its participants, yet staying on the mission. This is another example. Whether it's the church, the state, the family, an army, a business, you've got to keep the main thing the main thing. 
But what is happening is the armed forces have been seen as an instrument to marginalize Christianity, to rewrite society, to eradicate the differences between male and female in the cultural elite who have now worked their way into certain positions of the bureaucracy and command structure of our military services. And here is just one incident, and we're going to see, will the Constitution prevail? the First Amendment prevail, and will the mission of the army be maintained? And that mission is to be a cohesive, well-trained unit to defend the citizens of this country in times of aggression. Tom, whenever I think about that, I also think about how the Lord calls the Church of Jesus Christ the army of the Lord, except our weapons are not for death. Our weapons are for life. And we need cohesion where every person in the Church of Christ is treated with dignity and the uniqueness that each Christian has a very special gift. Our weapons are the divinely fashioned weapons of the proclamation of the word, prayer, fellowship, and the love of Christ displayed to one another and to the lost who do not yet know Christ as we seek them out to tell them of the Savior. I love being in this army. Let's take captive the souls of men that they might be set free from the bondage of sin. As we close out for today, let me invite our listeners, if you enjoy Today in Perspective, we have another podcast that's available for you. It's called Fresh Bread, five minutes each weekday in the Scriptures with Harry, a great way to start or finish your day. It is available through the Briarwood app. Simply go to your favorite app store, type in Briarwood PCA. It is also available by going to your iTunes icon, typing in Fresh Bread with Harry Reader each and every weekday. This five-minute devotional will automatically download to your smartphone or your tablet. Well, thanks for being with us today. Join us again tomorrow, Thursday, as we continue our conversation and as we apply a biblical worldview to put the issues of today in perspective.